Hey, what's going on? Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. My name is Billy Newman. And I'm Marina Hanson. And we're recording uh, in the studio today. We just got finished with a cool uh, weekend trip over uh, Memorial Day weekend where we had a little bit of the, the extra time with the, the day off. And uh, we did like a bunch of traveling and we recorded a bunch of stuff, which uh, was pretty cool. It was kind of a special project. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Br- Marina, what kind of special work were we doing? It was super cool. We were doing some 360 video and photo recording. And it was really cool. Yeah, it was really interesting doing that. I did like a little bit of a podcast talking about the idea of 360 video and and some of the GoPro Fusion stuff. But yeah, it was really interesting um, having the GoPro Fusion for for a week. We rented it and uh, we went around and we shot like a bunch of footage all over Oregon and a whole lot of different spots of... uh, of some of like the natural areas that we've been where we've we've had like the the just I don't know it's probably like the more high profile locations for landscapes in a lot of the the areas in Oregon so it was really cool getting to run around and uh, maybe be some of the first people to shoot um, some high end or higher quality 360 footage in those areas. Yeah, I think so. Definitely, I think there's some of the spots we got to that uh, I don't think I really see many regular photos from. Yeah, yeah, not many people yeah, really go there cool in the first place. Yeah, and and really some of those locations were were, were incredibly beautiful. Like I was thinking about, Definitely. I was thinking about like uh, Sisters Rock that we did at the end. That that evening was just so cool. But just the uh, the the way that the 360 video virtualizes is really interesting to, to look at, and it's kind of a, a neat kind of optical effect when you know you get to look out and. You get to kind of turn your head and see just sort of the, the field of view that you would see if you were experiencing the place if you were traveling there. But it's really fun to get to see, especially in, in certain locations, you know, where you really get to turn your head and see different uh, aspects to the environment that are going on. Like yeah. there's something going on. Yeah, it was, it's really cool. Uh, what a great job we, uh, the GoPro uh, camera does. Yeah, just with the quality of it, it looks so real and so beautiful. Yeah, I was really interested in uh, in how it was going to do, but uh, but yeah, the GoPro Fusion is I think uh, the the newest offering from uh, the GoPro camera company, and and you know they have they have their their regular uh, you know two dimensional system still too, but uh, but the three three D six system is really interesting. It's not th- sorry, it's not three D, but it's a three hundred and sixty degree spherical image it's built. I was talking about an equirectilinear image that's stitched together from two cameras that record 180 degrees of your field of vision. And then that's brought into the computer and stitched with the special software, the uh, the Fusion Studio software. And it's really interesting how it works, but I think all of this is really pretty new. If I understood right from uh, from like the, the invoice and what I understood about GoPros, uh, these cameras really have just come out. I think it was, it was marked as the the like the innovative product of the year at CES this year so about back in January it was kind of pre-announced and it went you know went some some more you know it's interesting but uh but I think it has really just come out for release in April now and then so we're probably some of the first people to to even rent it from this company that has it available so it was cool yeah last couple of weeks of uh, of May and uh, yeah trying some of the new technology out but the GoPro Fusion is probably the most adept 360 camera that's available for consumer use right now. And I think there was the other camera, the Rilo, which is a 360 degree camera that also has some of the video gimbal stuff that the GoPro has. But really, I think the GoPro is higher end. And there's just, it seems like every time I've, I've not used the GoPro system, I've had a little bit more trouble, but I was really impressed with how it works. So that's really the only 360 system I've used. There's also the Theta camera built by Ricoh that does 4K video 
and that's a little bit less expensive. I think that's been out for a couple of years, um, but I'm, but I don't think that's the gimbal system. You missed the the stepping um, kind of image stabilization. Man, that made a huge difference for our videos. We were able to watch them. Yeah. I guess you can preview them yeah. um, on your phone with an app. Yeah. Um, just from directly from the camera, and it looks awesome. But you can see the motion from right. the stepping and stuff a little bit. And uh, it's cool when you process it through your computer and and see the the effects of everything. The full stabilization is really impressive, and it, it really makes it possible to have like a, a walking or moving video in 360. And I think I think otherwise, given uh, given like the change in access that would happen, you know, like as as the camera moves through the 3D field and its its Z axis changes, or you kind of spin the camera a little bit, then it kind of throws the rest of the access off is how it would be without stabilization. But with stabilization, you're really virtualized in that location and you're kind of independent from the movement of the camera, which is what's really amazing about the way that it's able to do some of the recording, which, which really gives you a much more immersive feel when you're watching the video because you can move the camera independent of any kind of jerky motion that the, the camera recording had in it, which really makes possible for, for videos that are moving. I think otherwise, uh, it would almost be nauseating to have video that was moving unless it was on some other kind of gimbal system. You yeah. Know, that, that's why probably you've really seen only only like kind of standstill videos up until this point that are related to 360 video. And what's really cool about the, the GoPro 360 is that it really provides you so much opportunity to do moving videos that look really good in this 360 immersive environment in 5.2K. So like when we're, we're compressing down to 4K, it's cool, but oh my goodness, does it take forever on this little laptop? <laughs> yeah, it does. Rendering takes so long. Yeah, so we had it going overnight. Um, so it's not a bad. I have a MacBook Pro. It's like a. It's a couple years old now, but there's really not. I mean, there's a few improvements in the MacBook Pro line, but not that many. And I would have had other problems if I had upgraded anyway. But uh, this one isn't like the top of the line by any means. It's capable, but the graphics card, I guess, in a laptop really crushes through fine in HD video and anything else that I've thrown at it to do editing and Final Cut. It's amazingly fast compared to the video editing system I would have had like in high school or college or something like that. Um, so I'm impressed with what I can do, but uh, I upgraded the, the final, upgraded Final Cut 10.4, which is the version that can handle some of the 360 footage. Um, I also installed the GoPro Fusion Studio app. And really, it's the process of, of stitching the video together that takes the longest time. So there are enormous files to start with. I think just over the weekend, we recorded like 200 gigabytes of files that we put into the in, onto the drive. Yeah, it was a huge, huge amount. amount. Yeah. Um, and then so those have, that, that's just before anything's done with it. So I guess it's, you know, it's a higher quality video, but that then has to be stitched together into an even larger file and then that has to be brought into your editor and then compressed or edited or rendered together. So all that takes a ton of time. And so, but rendering the stitching is what seems to take the longest amount of time. And it, I guess we had it going all night. I think we got in minutes, let's say, maybe six minutes of video for about eight hours of rendering, something like that. But it's a lot of rendering time just for this little computer. And you can see it going. I have this, uh, this program, this uh, like iStat monitor program that shows you uh, like what some of your system components are running at, but it's just kind of pegging my, uh, my graphics system on this laptop. And so I hear that you really have to have a ton of horsepower power to get through a lot of the 360 video. Maybe that's some of the stuff you would have been hearing too about how you have to 
you have to really, that's really where having like a higher um, capability computer is, is, you know, where you see an advantage in doing this level of rendering. Yeah, my laptop uh, can't even handle what we're trying to do. You need minimum eight gigabytes of RAM. And then it helps to have an SSD so you can pull the video through faster or something like that. And then you have to have a dedicated graphics card, I believe, in the system. And it, and it, gosh, yeah, even with a, a pretty modern system, it is extremely slow versus, you know, a lot of other kind of editing rendering system that, uh, that exists right now. But I think it's like one frame a second. So if you were to think of like uh, video is 30 frames a second. I think it's rendering one frame out a second, one, I guess, 360 degree spherical frame. Uh, or, you know, equirectilinear, that word that we were learning a little bit about. So after it stitches it together, it makes that equirectilinear image of the two 180s sort of mapped onto a rectangle. Really interesting how it's doing it. But it's, it's fascinating to go through all this stuff. It's really fun uh, working with the GoPro camera stuff. But so, yeah, this weekend we did like a bunch of travel stuff to try and produce some videos and photos and, and kind of make like a portfolio for some of our 360 stuff. So we traveled. Where was the first place we went? We went to like Saheli Falls. Yeah, what really was that cool like? spot. It was cool. It's beautiful. Um, it was our second time being there, but our first time was just uh, a few days before that. So it was a new spot uh, to us, which was cool. Yeah. Um, it's along the Mackenzie River and uh, it's a really beautiful place. It's a waterfall just right off the trail. And it's cool because you can climb down from the trail. Uh, there's a kind of self-made trail from, I think, people going yeah. back and forth down there. Yeah. Um, but it's really cool. Just a big waterfall, and uh, it kind of goes into a river that drops off into another little tiny waterfall. I don't know if you count it as a waterfall. It's a waterfall. It's a little fall. <laughs> it's a beautiful um, spot. It was really cool. I liked, I liked the, the way that that looked. And, and it was interesting kind of learning from that as kind of a composition experience for 360 video or for making a 360 image is sort of being in the bowl of the action. Right. It seems to be kind of an interesting way to produce it where you have something to look at. Let's say if you were mapping it onto the face of a clock, you have something to look at at your 12 o'clock, but also something to look at at your 6 o'clock so that there's a reason to sort of to sort of pan and, and move the camera and the frame of the field around? Yeah, it's a 360 photo or video. So the point is that you look in every direction. Yeah. So and you really have to worthwhile. produce it for that. Yeah. Yeah, there has to be something interesting. Yeah. That was interesting about looking at a lot of the, let's say, the viewpoints that are set up for, let's say, the, you know, the, the perspective that would be taken for a photograph, let's say. Um, that, and those really don't seem to work very well for composing these 360 images. So I guess that's kind of the tip or the thing that I learned pretty quickly is uh, when trying to put it together, you, like you can't be back up against the trail or back up against the road or something like that to, to kind of view out toward whatever the subject is, let's say the waterfall in this case. Because um, really what you experience most of is 180 degrees of just a trail and, and dirt and trees and things that aren't really that... Uh, that interesting visually to look at. So it's interesting trying to trying to mediate all of those different angles that you could look at in a 360 degree view, which is where you really have to think about the, the method in which you're composing the image a lot to put yourself in a position where there's something pretty at all angles of view that you have. Isn't it difficult to think of, you know, like in photography, you just have to try and worry about getting, getting just that little bit to look good in composition, but in 360, you have to think about every, every field of it, every part of the field of view. Yeah. It was a fun and uh, interesting additional thing to think about 
with composing something that's like visual media? It is really fun, but it's a challenge. It's, um, I don't know, I guess it's just a different type of perspective of, of trying to, to think of something that looks good. You know, something that a lot, well, like looking at 360 video, a lot of people don't seem to notice that part of it yet. Um, right, there'll they'll be like a, a background that's just a driveway or parking lot sure, or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Where, uh, where so that's why I'm seeing like some of the, the successful, um, the successful elements of 360 video are bringing you into an immersion of it. And uh, of course, you know, of course, that's what you do. But so it was interesting going through and, uh, and trying to produce some of that uh, in this way. But even with uh, like some of the the company videos that I did, like trying to walk through and do like a, a tour of uh, a retail location. Um, that was kind of interesting to do where, you know, instead of maybe skirting the side of the building or something, but you just kind of walk right through. But it's interesting where you can you can have the view 360 degrees around you. So you're really trying to like build an environment where you get to see the perspective. It's cool. Um, so we went to Saheli Falls. We walked the trail around there, which is a, a place also where I learned the same lesson about composition, where the trail is beautiful out toward the river or out toward a lot of angles. But then the trail is also not that interesting. It's also kind of just a lot of wood or, you know, a lot of broken pieces, a lot of, a lot of wood and branches and things that aren't really the forest in its beauty. So it was right. interesting to see that. Yeah. When you're using it, you really do notice pretty quickly what is not visually interesting or yeah. attractive. Well, you just, you, you see all the places around you, you would not take a picture of. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I wouldn't take a picture of that or that or that or that, but that's all in the picture now. So so it's interesting to kind of consider that sort of stuff. But that, that's really the, 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 the challenge, I guess, in trying to do storytelling or composition in photography for 360. But it's, but it's also possible, too. Like, like, like what we were saying we found is getting to that center position, like a, an area with a creek and a waterfall, is really kind of uh, naturally conducive to being compositionally interesting for some type of 360 VR content where you have uh, a semi-static but comprehensible landscape that you're surrounded by. And then in a waterfall, it's sort of a natural position where you're going to have a, a geographical bowl where you're sort of set in with it. It's also going to be green around all of your angles. You know, it's, it's blowing water up and it's sort of making everything green. Um, and then you have like the creek that flows out from that. That's another piece of motion that you get to look at. Um, so all of this kind of pieces sort of work together where you can look up and see like the forest and stuff around you. Um, so that was a really pretty way to shoot that. And uh, it's a really interesting way to kind of look at and visualize what was there. And it's fun to see, you know, afterwards, you're like, well, this is like, this is like what it was when I was there. So it was really fun. Um, but yeah, I like doing the hike stuff along the river there too. I also like the photos that we got from it there. I was talking about that, some of the images, just the still images that we took. Oh, through, just with the just through our seven R, yeah, of course, yeah. There's a beautiful area, so I'm um, just you know, obviously, like still liking to take pictures. It was really fun to take photos. Yeah, yeah, that definitely. Water. Well, you know, Very like, the spring uh, snow melt is so like crystal clear right now that the water yeah. just looks blue. It's yeah. like a light luminant blue to it. It's cool. Yeah, it was really beautiful. The water was really blue, and it was so clear. You could see all of the the rocks, and a lot of the rocks had. Uh, like moss on them, I guess. So it was green underneath the blue water and it was really pretty. Yeah. Yeah, that was a beautiful spot. So th that part of the Mackenzie's always been really interesting. And I think uh, there on the Mackenzie on, and then I think it's, well, actually, what is it? The, uh, maybe the Calapulia, the Santiam. I don't know, the one that goes up from like, uh, like Corvallis, Albany, that one's really nice too. Or, you know, it's like really mossy and like, or it just looks uh, foresty, that sort of a thing. It looks kind of like a rainforest almost in some of those spots. But, um, but yeah, it's a beautiful spot getting up there. So we traveled to there. We went up 
kind of in the Cascade area. We went to a bunch of spots. We, we did like the trip over to Eastern Oregon. I don't know. We can probably get into a few of those if you want to. You want to talk about that? Sure. Maybe we can save them for another podcast. I don't know. Um, let's talk about, I guess, uh, let's go to Proxy Falls. So we did Sahaley Falls. Let's do Proxy Falls. And then we'll save the Eastern Oregon trip for our, our next podcast. Sure. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we did another trip. Uh, we w- did one trip to Sahaley Falls. Then we went back the other day and we went up to Proxy Falls. It's cool that they have the gate open now. In Oregon, there's like uh, there's a road. It's like 126. It goes up out of Eugene and out toward I guess what would be Bend or the Cascades or something like that. But there's this old highway that breaks off from that. And that's the maybe old 126. Maybe it's not even that. It's just the old pass that used to go over the mountains there. And for whatever reason, it goes up a, a much higher and it seems like steeper section of, uh, of the mountains than, uh, than what I would want to travel up. Maybe it was easier to build a road through for whatever reason, less canyons or something. But, uh, but that one, it kind of snakes up into the mountains for a while and it passes Proxy Falls. Uh, which is a beautiful spot. It's been photographed a ton of times. I've got uh, a, one of my favorite photographs that uh, I've taken in kind of my landscape portfolios from uh, an area up by Proxy Falls. But uh, it was really fun to get up to and to try and do some 360 visualizations up. But we, we parked up there. It was kind of like a gray part of the day. The weather's been sort of strange where it's been clear out, right? It's been clear probably in most of the state of Oregon, but then there's these clouds, these like thunderheads that seem to be building up over the Cascades, and then in the afternoon, they, they end up kind of blowing out, out toward the west and making really a lot of the area cloudy. And then by the morning time, like we get we get a layer of clouds over Eugene, too. So uh, it was a nice sunny day. We drive up into the mountains, and then we drive up into the clouds where they're being produced up in the foothills of the Cascades. So it was kind of funny getting up there, going from a sunny day into a cloudy day. Um, but getting out to Proxy Falls, really still a very pretty spot. And we were kind of in there in the evening, so it would have been you know a shady afternoon shot anyway. Um, but it's beautiful to get up there, the way that the water kind of flows off the hill. I think it's one of the taller waterfalls in Oregon, right? Doesn't it seem like it? it I Yeah, it definitely seemed like it. Watson Falls, I think, the, uh, the other one that we've gone to, mm-hmm. is I think the tallest waterfall in Oregon. But I really believe that Proxy Falls is right up there. I mean, it just looks stunningly tall when you, when you see it, the, the, that drop of it. Just looks like a huge amount. But uh, that was really cool to see. Or I guess there's the stuff in the Columbia that's you know intensely tall too but uh it was really cool to see uh the uh the waterfall there we kind of hiked up to it and we were the only people there which is fun and uh yeah we shot like a whole handful of uh of different 360 videos and photographs of the the water and the the ways that the falls are there but it was cool i really like the ways that uh, some of those rendered out too me too that spot was beautiful that was my first time there and it's a really in- incredible looking place because there's the whole uh, gigantic and impressive looking waterfall. And then it's cool because that flows into a creek, but the creek kind of just goes through the forest that's below it. So it's yeah. running around all these really tall trees. Yeah, we brought and our so just galoshes. Looked, yeah, we were walking around in our big boots. Our big boots. Thank goodness we had them. Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was a Bimart special one week and I picked up, picked up some rain boots. Some ankle high waders. If you're an outdoor photographer, get rain boots. It'll change your life. Yeah, you it was do great. So many cool things. No, it was great. Kind of running through the creek there. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. And yeah, really beautiful. And uh, like it's important for 360, especially. It was really very interesting in all directions. Yeah, right there, so yeah. Really cool spot to shoot that stuff. And it was like you were mentioning. It was it was cloudy and gray, but it was sort of misty up at the top. It was misty. And yeah, that really just made it even prettier. I thought. So yeah, it was, it was a great, a great day to be there. I thought it was really cool to be up there. Yeah, I thought that was a lot of fun um, getting to check out 
the Proxy Falls area. And then just kind of driving back that afternoon was kind of cool, coming back home and uploading all the media to the computer. But kind of figuring out that, yeah, taking the GoPro, we have it, we kind of build out like, you know, 10 or 15 videos or something from a location we go to. We come back home, we plug the computer in, and then I'm trying to draw all the footage off. It sort of it sort of lists how to do it online, but it's really interesting, the process of trying to get the, the footage imported onto a computer. I'm sure exciting for this podcast, but this is kind of the, the minutia of detail we get into for some of the photo import stuff. But for the GoPro, since you're recording onto a, a 180-degree image on one side and then a 180-degree image on the other, you have to merge those images together. I got into that a little bit about through the uh, the GoPro Fusion software, but importing it from the camera and then on the computer, you have to keep all of the files for the video intact. You can't just take pieces of the video and bring them over kind of one by one, maybe like you would think about um, other types of, of video files that you have. And the reason for that is because it has these other kind of data files that are surrounding it that sort of, I guess, give you the information for the gimbal, the digital gimbal system, and sort of the pitch and yaw of the position of the camera. But all that kind of um, uh, sensory data has to be connected to the file still. So you have to import it in a certain way to bring everything over and then bring that up into the GoPro Fusion software and then spend all the time having it proprietarily stitch those files together. But it was cool kind of going up to Proxy Falls, coming back home, plugging the cards into the computer, or taking the little micro SD cards out, putting them into the computer, trying to transfer like the the files over and you'd be amazed though. like i was so surprised like it was like we could fill up a 64 i think what 64 gigabytes of total space in like a couple hours it seemed like or you know just like going out to even like a two or three spots it seemed like you could fill up a cart yeah it really does it fills up quickly yeah that's a lot of data. It's so fast yeah so uh so you know, i guess i guess how we shot 200 gigabytes of video that's more video than i've ever shot before Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> All other video combined doesn't yeah. equal. Yeah, and that's before it's rendered too. So yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be pretty interesting trying to process through this. So that's the that's the interesting part. So we've gone through, we've shot all this stuff, and then I guess for the next month, for the next like four weeks, we're gonna have, like render out all these videos and try and like work them a little bit to see if they're uh, portfolio ready, so we can put together some kind of three sixty presentation piece. It'd be cool. I'm really excited to do it though. Is <laughs> It's one of the more fun kind of technology media photo things I've done in the last few months. Yeah, it's been so cool. And it's an awesome camera. It really does a beautiful job. Yeah, it was I'm, really cool. I'm really happy with, I mean, we went to gorgeous places, but it does a really nice job of picking up all yeah. of the contrast. Yeah, it, does, it looks very clear. It, it looks, does a nice it looks job real. representing it. Yeah, I was really impressed. Yeah, the, the 5K or the, you know, like the 4K render that we did of uh, one of those videos, it just looks like really crisp. I'm really impressed. Yeah, me too. I want to get goggles. I oh, I know. I do that. too. I want to. <laughs> I want to walk through our videos. Yeah. We go. Whoa! Look at this stuff. That's pretty cool. See. Yeah, it was really fun to go and, uh, and shoot all the, a bunch of that stuff. But uh, but really, we, we just rented the camera, so uh, so it was really fun having kind of the inspiration to, to go run and try and produce as many places as we could in uh, just a few days while we had that kind of uh, media capture tool. Uh, so we just turned it in today, and then uh, we're going to process a ton of these videos and see what we get out of it, and I guess sort of do an estimation of, uh, of what it's worth. But uh, but we definitely will probably rent it again, if not uh, if not get one sometime again. But I'm trying to think now of all these different sort of options or opportunities you could do with 360 video. Like who would want 360 video? Like what kind of tour? Or you know, how could you get paid? Or what could you make that's cool? What kind of content, like landscape stuff, like you could make that would be cool? Yeah. I'm excited to do it. So. Um, it'll be a lot of fun, but, um, but yeah, well, let's, uh, let's come back on a podcast for this next time. And we'll talk about a 
bunch of the other parts that we did about going out to like Fort Rock and going to Smith Rock and doing some of the Eastern Oregon stuff, going over to Crater Lake. All that stuff was pretty fun. So, uh, so yeah, we'll probably come back on another Billy Newman Photo podcast and talk about that sometime here this week. But thanks a lot, Marina, for joining me for this podcast. Thanks for cool. having me on. Thanks for doing so many 360 videos with me this weekend. It was so cool. I loved it. Yeah, we got to do uh, more of that stuff. And I like I like kind of getting specialized gear and like producing something with it. Yeah, it was a, it's a really cool project. It's fun. I've had a pretty good time doing it. So on behalf of Marina Hansen, my name is Billy Newman. And thanks a lot for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast.